just before we start the show, I want to take an opportunity to invite you to join me for the Podfluence Weekly Newsletter, which is available both on LinkedIn and through the official newsletter channel. Now, if you are on LinkedIn and it's easier for you to follow there, then please just click on the link in the show notes, which will take you straight to Podfluence on LinkedIn, where you can subscribe for free and get weekly updates on Podfluence articles as well as episodes. If you would like to subscribe to the full newsletter where you'll get additional materials and as my little incentive to you, my pre-podcast guest checklist for you to use when you're appearing on podcast shows so that you can be fully prepared every single time, then please click the link to the official newsletter in the show notes. Hope to see you there. Let's get on with the show. As a child, I felt invisible. And yeah. I hate that feeling. And I did a lot of things that probably weren't smart to try and get out of that feeling. And now as an adult, I look around me and I see adults who feel invisible. They don't see their greatness. They don't feel like they're being seen by the world. And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. Welcome to the show. My name is Jenny Ball. This is Speaking Influence, the show where we delve into the world of influence and persuasion to help you build your influence on authority and to become a more powerfully persuasive communicator. You just heard a brief clip from my guest today, and we are going to be talking about, amongst other things, emotional intelligence and how important that is in terms of all of your presentations and your communication skills. We'll be talking about that performance energy and really a whole host of things that are going to help you in being able to be a better speaker and communicator, especially in the world of podcasts and public speaking, the places where you might want to be building up your authority and influence. At the end of June 2022, Speaking Influence is going to be transforming and changing its name and rebranding. And I hope you'll stay with us for that. We are going to be focusing much more into podcasting as part of influence and persuasion in the professional world, while still having some amazing conversations with influence and persuasion experts from other walks as well. You'll be hearing a lot more from me with shorter solo episodes where we'll be talking about some of the resources that are going to be particularly helpful to you and also talking about some of my own information and learning and experience around building influence and persuasion through podcasts. My guest today is Stevie Dawn Carter. She's an expert in emotional intelligence. I know you're going to love what she had to say. We had a really fun conversation. There's lots of great takeaways for you. You may want to take notes on this and certainly check out the show notes as well so you can get in touch with Stevie afterwards. If you're not already subscribed to the show and you like what you hear today, make sure you do subscribe and come and leave us a review. It would mean the world to me. What I want you to do right now, though, is enjoy the show. Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you to master the psychology and application of ethical influence and persuasion in life and business with persuasive presentations and podcasting coach, Johnny Ball. Welcome to Speaking Influence, and today I am very privileged to be joined in my virtual studio by someone who has an incredibly interesting background, but is here to talk with us about things like speaking and emotional intelligence and a few, possibly a few other things besides. So let's officially welcome Stevie Dawn Carter to the show. Hello, hello. Thank you so much uh, for having me. I'm just so excited to be here. I'm really pleased to have you here and I've been looking forward to speaking with you as well. And I'm going to kick off as I do with every show by asking you, who would it be if you had, to, if I asked you, who would you choose for someone who has been an inspiration to you with their influence and persuasion and for how they've utilized it, who would that be? Oh gosh, that's a tough question. I think, you know, in, in the latter part of my life, right? Early part of my life, I probably would have picked some rock star, superstar influencer, right? But I feel like as I get later in life, I go for a little bit more of the more realistic down to earth influencers, right? Not necessarily mega stars, but people who have made a huge influence on me. And so for that, I, the first name that popped into my head as you asked was a Dr. Tahita Fulkerson. And she was a president at a college that I worked at uh, years ago. And she was this person who just had the ability to walk into a room and change the vibe, make everybody feel better, make everybody feel like they mattered. 
And I always really looked up to her in that space. And we did get to spend some time together. But I think right now, if I were to to call her up, I, I would love to have that conversation of just how did you grow in your ability to influence and speak to people and make people feel good by your presence? Because I think that's an amazing trait that she had. Do, do you feel for yourself that there were some things that you have tried to emulate from that? Oh, definitely. I, I think one of the things I always think about, and I still tell this story at events all the time, is she was a leader who she ran this huge college with thousands of employees and all these things. But if she walked around a building, the campus, whatever, and she saw trash on the floor, she picked it up, threw it away. Because her thing was the building and everything we do within it, we are always leading by example. And so I have often found myself thinking about when people come to our events, when people just yesterday, I had a live event. What did I do? I picked up some trash in between things. And I think part of that is just her influence on you lead by example, make sure everything that's in your space is leading, even if that's the quality and, and niceness of the building. So yeah, yeah, I do think I take some of those things that she did and I do them, whether I realize it in the moment or not. Great. It's a wonderful, wonderful answer. And we can all strive to be a bit more like that in our lives. I think that's a good way to think about things and uh, just think about all the different ways we can impact our environments and how that actually affects people. Maybe not consciously or directly, but the stuff that people pick up on and realize it does make a big difference in the long run. I love that. So let's start talking a little bit more about, about what you do. Cause I think a lot of the audience for this show are going to find that you are in a similar, let's say avatar, a similar niche to, to them like of being uh, someone who is a speaker, someone who does events and someone who has some expertise in your particular area. And so I think, no, that should make you really very relatable to the audience for this show. Tell us a little bit about the event that you've just done and what it is that you uh, were teaching and sharing there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we just had our Unstoppable Success event. Um, it's a one-day live event. We also do a virtual version, but yesterday was the one-day live event. And it's really about helping people to focus in and, and really target their dreams. I think as adults, we get stuck into goals. And while I think goals are good, I think vision and dreams are better. And so it's really about helping people say, okay, you can have goals that, you know, your boss gives you or your clients give you deadlines or whatever those things may be. But what are you really trying to strive for in your life? Outside of the work, outside of the family, like the whole overall picture. And are you doing things every day to get you there? I, I definitely found myself decades ago not doing that and found myself kind of in that place of stuck. And I feel like I'm doing all the things that people say I should do, but I don't feel good about it. I don't love it. What's missing? And I had to get clear on my vision and it was life changing for me. So yesterday was taking people through some of that same process I went through and helping them connect to their why and their vision in life so that they can have unstoppable success. So and, it was um, really a great day. Yeah, fantastic. Sounds like a wonderful event. What, what did that vision end up being for you? Yeah, yeah. So my vision is really about speaking. And I, I never saw myself as a speaker growing up that would have never been a, a, a profession <laughs> that I would have considered, right? But I love being able to share a message and see people's eyes light up, see people have that aha moment in an audience. And I feel just absolutely ecstatic about being on that stage and doing that work. Like that is what gets me up in the morning, every morning to do this job. And so for me, my vision is all around using my speaking to impact others. And my why behind it is so that nobody ever feels invisible. Because as a child, I felt invisible and yeah. I hate that feeling. And I did a lot of things that probably weren't smart to try and get out of that feeling. And now as an adult, I look around me and I see adults who feel invisible. They don't see their greatness. They don't feel like they're being seen by the world. 
And I want to make sure that that doesn't happen. So for me, that vision of speaking tied in with my why of invisibility is really what, what keeps me going every day. That's a, a powerful driving force, and it's, it's it's important. I think one of my one of my earliest episodes, I was speaking with Mike Michalowicz about this, and and he, he was ex- explaining what his driving force was, what his why and his mission were as well. And like you know, he's on this mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty, and he so, so says to me, "Oh, what is it? What is it for you?" And and I think my, mine is probably a bit more along the same lines as you. But I, I said, I think I was being a bit flippant at the time, so something like, "Oh, maybe uh, I I just don't want people to have to sit through uh, boring presentations and events anymore." And it's like, well, that is kind of part of it. Like I see my my driving thing as being this, or I really want to educate and entertain and then there's some people have coined the sort of edutainment kind of thing and that is really where where i see myself being and similarly to you it's like that thing of when you see people's eyes light up when you see people making connections or people come back to you and say oh this has transformed how i think about this or I'm, this is what i'm going to do differently now or later on come back and say i have changed and this is what i've achieved because of what we've done there that is really powerful for for motivating you and driving you forward Everyone should have that if they're going to go forward, because if you, if you don't, I think you're just going to make me feel like you're just throwing stuff out there. And, and I was talking about this before on the show about just sending stuff out into the void and not really getting any feedback from it. It's, uh, it's frustrating. It is. And I, I feel like as, especially as entrepreneurs, I think that's always a struggle, right? We, we hear all the time, create content, put out content, put out content. And that's beautiful. And you should absolutely 100% do that. But there's an element to me of speaking that I really appreciate, which is, but you get feedback in the moment at that time, you get to see it, you get to feel it in the room, you know, if your content is hitting. And I feel like so often some of our content production is, you know, I put a post on social media, it gets a couple likes. Did it really hit? Did people really enjoy it? Or were they just clicking the button? You know, I don't, I don't get feedback from that. One of the things I think that keeps me in the speaking game is I love the the feedback you get from the audience, to your point. So huge. Yeah. you. Uh, when we talked a while about you, you mentioned about emotional intelligence and, and some people might be unfamiliar with that term, but uh, can you describe what emotional intelligence is? Yeah, absolutely. So I define emotional intelligence as the learned ability, right? It can be learned. You're not born with it. The learned ability to regulate your emotions effectively, right? So we have to be able to not let our emotions drive our whole entire world. But then it's also emotional intelligence is being able to interpret messages correctly. There's an element of emotional intelligence that is woven into all communication. Are you able to truly listen to the words of another human without letting your emotion color what you believe is being said? And so for me, that that's emotional intelligence. It's making sure I don't let my emotions rule my life. It's also making sure that when I'm communicating with somebody, I don't let my emotions color what they're saying because yeah. my emotions are mine. They may not be theirs. Yeah. How, how useful or important is emotional intelligence to you as a speaker? I think as a speaker, it's critical. I think for two reasons. Number one, it's the ability to communicate effectively, right? How do you give a message that's going to impact people? And I think as speakers, emotion can be a tool, right? How do I use an emotional story, an emotional pitch to hook people into learning? Right. And I do think there's some emotional intelligence that speakers use to do that. The second part, though, that I think speakers have to focus on is making sure you regulate your emotions before you go on stage. I have seen so many speakers show up on stage and felt like they weren't 100% present. They were thinking about something else, something bad had happened, all of this. And, and I always say the people in front of me or even the person in front of me does not deserve any less of an experience because I'm having a bad day, Yeah. right? I'm having a bad day because of life over here. Part of being a speaker is being able to step on that stage and nobody notices, right? And, and I do think that's an emotional intelligence skill. 
Yeah. I'm not going to ask you to name names, but can you think of or describe a specific situation where where you've seen that? And what was it that made you think, hmm, that person doesn't seem to be fully present here and fully engaged? Yeah. So I think um trying to think back, I think the most recent one's probably the most obvious. So uh, probably about three months ago now, I was at a conference, several speakers throughout the day, but we had a keynote speaker at lunch and the bio they read, right? The, the kind of preview of that speaker was he was going to be energetic, lively, and he was a comedian. So there should have been a lot of humor and a lot of fun. Right. And so I was really looking forward to I always like watching other speakers. Right. So I was really looking forward to it. And I remember sitting there and he comes up on stage and he just walks kind of hunched over. He's got like his shoulders are kind of hunched. He's kind of dragging his feet. And I instinctively thought, oh, my gosh, this is like a comedy sketch. Like he's going to do something with this. Yeah. And then he just started talking and there was nothing bad about what he said. But it didn't sound convincing. It it didn't sound like he was speaking sincerely. It sounded like he was doing the same speech he had done 50 times and he was bored with it. And so I really felt like he had been touted as this huge thing. And then it was just kind of like humdrum. It was a little mundane. It was a little boring. And yeah. I really looked at that and said, I wonder if there's something going on in his life that made today not a good day. Right. And he just he got through it and I applaud him. He, he went up, he did it, he got through it. But I felt like we deserved more as an audience. Right. And I think that's something as speakers that we always have to consider. I, I, I agree. And I, I think we've probably all encountered those sorts of situations where we expected or at least hoped for more in a presentation or a speech or, or something or workshops or any kind of situation like that. And it can definitely be a little bit disappointing. And that phone in energy isn't, isn't really ever going to cut it. You have to bring a lot more to it. So this, this is a, a good thing to talk about. And it's something I'm, I like talking about a lot on the show because I, I don't think personally it can ever get talked about enough. Is this energy that you need to bring to the stage as a speaker to, to engage an audience, the sort of level of charisma or X factor, what, whatever you want to call it? But what is that to you? What does that look like to you personally? Yeah, I, I think it's so right, right? We, we all have as speakers and energy we bring. And I think number one, it's about being authentic to yourself, right? What kind of energy is your energy, right? So some people are funny. Some people are powerful. Some people are soft-spoken, but have amazing things to say, right? Everybody's energy is a little bit different. But I really, before every presentation, I do two things, right? Number one, I listen to a pump-up playlist. I think everybody should use music to get ready to go on stage. It always helps. Whatever your best music is, right? And it's different for all people. Uh, but I like to put on songs that just make me get my heart pumping, make me want to clap and move. And that movement in my body brings energy to the stage. Right. So I think one of the biggest mistakes we can make as speakers is just sitting in the back of the room waiting for it to be our turn. And then we're kind of like having to trudge up to this, that stage. Right. I always like to find some quiet space and kind of dance it out, get my blood pumping because that helps me have more energy. But the second thing I always do is I always go into a presentation saying, this audience deserves my best. So shake off everything else that's going on, right? Shake off not feeling great. Shake off the jet lag, whatever it is. Like shake that off and come in and be like, this audience deserves my best. And there's somebody here who needs what I'm about to say. And I owe it to them to show up 100%. So for yeah. me, it's get the blood pumping and then get your mindset right so that you can show up fully. And I always believe that the number one way to engage an audience is to be a little larger than life because they see a lot of presenters that just go through a slide deck with their clicker and have no personality. Bring your personality. And then I always teach my clients, take it up about 5% for normal, 
right? So here's your normal personality. As a speaker, I want you up. I want you forward. I want you a little bit bigger because you got to show up on that stage. And nothing makes you feel more small, I think, than if you're being small and you're in front of a room of 4,000 people. You got to be larger so that the people in the back of the room feel your energy. And I think that's an important way to do it. Although I say maybe if, if your natural energy is already at an 11, maybe there's not going to be that much room to turn it up. <laughs> right? Like maybe you just go to 12 and you're done. Right? But if you're <laughs> normally a five, maybe it deserves a nine. Right? Like let's try and bump it up a little bit. And I think yeah. that one of the things that really separates great speakers from okay speakers is energy. It's, it's what yeah. energy do you put into your voice, into your body, into your face? I always look at speaking is acting on stage. I look at it as a performance, just like a play would be a performance, right? There's a script, there's timing, there's pauses, there's all the pieces of a quote unquote show. So are you putting on a show? Right. I I would maybe think about that in the same way as perhaps a musician going on stage to perform, whether as a singer or guitarist or whatever. Um, Yeah, they just go on and sing the words or just stand there and play the guitar and don't really bring much personality or character you might enjoy the music it might be perfectly pleasant but when they really bring some character and performance to it it turns everything up to a to a whole new level i i I was particularly particularly laughing to myself or smiling when you were saying about having the pump up music i actually have a playlist on my on on spotify that i created myself which is called pump it up johnny (laughs) that's what that's right. what goes on before I'm doing a presentation. I, I can so relate to that. I have a, a similar, a similar process, but it's, uh, I, I think it is just this thing. People don't fully realize how much energy leads energy. Like if you have to think about what's going on with your audience. So you, know, you put yourself in that mindset. You said, I think about you know, what you're doing this for them and uh, you, you know, you want to bring your best for them and somebody needs to hear this tonight. I think that's a, a great way to think about it because it motivates you to turn that up. But, but you also then have to be thinking about what is going on for them whilst you're presenting. Like if you're not emotionally leading the energy, they're not going to be emotionally following you either. No. And, and emotion is how we connect to people, right? That's why as speakers, we always say speakers should be great storytellers because stories have emotion. And when we attach to emotion, people are more willing to learn and listen and and lean into a conversation, right? And so you have to be thoughtful as a speaker of what emotion are you bringing and are you leading them down that journey, right? And I think sometimes we can overlook it because we're, we're in our own head or, or in our own kind of situation that we're dealing with. And I know we all go through stuff, like no doubt we all go through stuff. But I, I always feel like as a speaker, you are, a, to, to your word, a leader. And are you leading them through your content with the emotion, with the energy to get them to lean in and learn? And, and I yeah. think that's something we always have to think about. Do, do you primarily see yourself as a, a speaker or a coach or a, a trainer or an author? I mean, what, what do you mainly see yourself as? Yeah, I always tell people I'm a speaker first. And a coach second, my passion in life is the stage. And that's in all facets of my life. By the way, I also run a nonprofit theater company. So I do theater at night and speaking during the day. So (laughs) I love a stage. That is my happy place. It's where I feel the most me, which I know some people feel like on stage you're acting. So you're not yourself. I'm actually the most me on stage. So that is always where I would say my number one place is, is on the stage as a speaker. I think as I've gotten to do more speaking, I've learned that the speaking itself is great, but implementation happens through coaching. And so I've become a coach to help people implement things I say in my presentation. So, So coaching was something I learned to do after I became a speaker because I saw a disconnect between showing up and delivering this powerful keynote and then people wouldn't do anything with it. So I found by learning how to be a coach and having coaching support my speaking, now I take them from the presentation and go, if you want to implement this, here's the coaching program to do so. And so I feel like they're a natural connection 
But if people just ask me and I have to pick one, I always pick speaker. Yeah. What what does uh, the setup of, of your business look like without having to, obviously you don't want to do, bring out all your secrets here, but I know that a lot of the people who tune into the show will, will be thinking, well, I'm in a similar area or having similar kind of ideas and kind of businesses. So what is the structure of, of your business model for yourself then? Is it primarily speaking gigs and then they come into uh, a weekly coaching program or I'll let you describe. Yeah, but that was really, that was really close to it right there. You just nailed it. Um, so yeah, so I consider 85% of my income comes from speaking or speaking related things, training for companies and some of that. I do a lot less training now and a lot more speaking, but it's all in that kind of speaking realm for me. So, so 80 to 85% of my income comes from speaking right? So that's my first thing. That's where I put all my energy in terms of prospecting, marketing, all of that, all in the speaking realm. Then what I typically do is when I go and I do a speech, I always invite people to join either my webinar list or my weekly inspiration list, depending on the event, depending on the people. I do free webinars every month. And so anybody on the webinar list gets invited to my webinars. Those webinars pitch my coaching programs and live events. If they go onto the weekly inspiration email list, then that is weekly inspiration, motivation, tips, tricks, all the things. And they also are going to find out about the webinars and they're also going to find out about the events, right? And so I use speaking as a way to get people into the funnel. And then through that funnel, they're offered events are another large part of my business. So we do a lot of live events or webinars or the coaching programs that I offer. Yeah. So I, I really look at it as, you know, it's a speaking business. And then I actually say my side hustle is my coaching, right? Because speaking is where I make the majority of my income and impact. And then coaching is something that I have as an offer for those who choose to go that path. And I always put more focus on the speaking and the event side than I do on the coaching. That's just me personally. No, that's great. And I appreciate you sharing that with us as well. And, and I, I just wonder for, for people who may be starting out with this or, or in a position where they're thinking, I know you've mentioned that you had a big life pivot and had to change this around. A lot of people have been experiencing that over the last few years. And some people may be looking to move into this kind of direction. What's the most important thing you would say for people to be focusing on to get started? And how long for you did it take to start seeing that you were building some building some influence and authority with what you were doing and starting to really make it a viable business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think the most important thing you can do if you want to be a speaker is find opportunities to speak. It sounds silly, but that is the first step. And that is what I did. When I first started my business eight years ago, within the first year, year and a half, I had done 158 speaking engagements. None of those were paid. Those were free things, podcasts, interviews, TV spots, anything where somebody would give me an opportunity to speak about my business. If it were five minutes, if it were 20 minutes, it didn't matter. I knew I just needed to be speaking. And so that's how I built my business. Year two, year three, those all started to be paid engagements. And so for me and what I tell all of my clients who are wanting to enter the speaking realm, you have to just put yourself out there as a speaker for everything. Put yourself out there for conferences, submit every to every conference in your area, proposals for breakout sessions, get on every podcast you can, do TV interviews, Facebook live interviews, whatever you can. Because the number one thing you have to be as a speaker, you have to be good. And you only become good through practice. You don't become good by sitting at your home practicing. You got to get out in front of audiences. You got to feel the energy. You got to learn how to tailor your message. And that's what I did that first year. I made zero dollars, right? But I tailored my message and I became known because I did it so often. People started to recognize my name and recognize me. Yeah. So then that second year, as I started turning some of that into paid, right? People would say, oh, we need somebody to speak on emotional intelligence. Oh, well, Stevie Don does that because they had seen me 5,000 times by then, right? So they were like, and that is how I generated the buzz. 
So I I think my biggest advice to anybody is just start putting yourself out there for every speaking opportunity you can and be okay if it doesn't make you money in the beginning because you're one, honing your skills and two, you're getting your name out there. And that's actually more critical for speakers than it is for some other businesses because most of my speaking engagements now are totally because they've heard my name. Yeah. And that makes, it makes total sense to me and, and people who are on that kind of track, if you haven't already checked out the recent episode with Grant Baldwin from Speaker Lab, you should definitely yeah, go and listen, absolutely. definitely go and listen to that. But, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's really smart. And you say you became known for your emotional intelligence stuff uh, that you're talking about. And like, I know that it's not, maybe not everyone's talking about that, but enough people are talking about this, but it's, it's something that people may have heard of, even if they don't fully know what it is. But it is important to have that thing that you're going to talk about. Yeah. It is important to have your topic, your area. And I see as a podcast host, a lot of people who want to be on podcasts and they'll give me a list of maybe 20 or so things that they can come and talk about. That's great, but I don't want that. I want people who have an area of expertise and have actually become known as an expert for that. Um, you know, if, if I was just having more of a conversational, non-purposeful chat with people, it wouldn't matter. But but because this is like a, a business kind of talk, a professional-based podcast for people who are looking for that kind of professional development and leadership development and communication skills, that it's essential to be able to deliver something specific. But it doesn't mean that that's all you are, right? No, I always tell, and my clients struggle with the same thing, right? They're like, but I could talk about this and I could talk about this and I could talk about this. And I'm like, yes, you can, you can, but what do you want to be known for? I may be known for emotional intelligence, but that's not everything I speak on. I mean, yesterday we did a whole event on success. My coaching programs are all around success and mindset and confidence, right? I also have programs around prospecting and marketing for entrepreneurs, right? I have all these topics, leadership, communication, productivity, I mean, next week I'm doing a thing about how to use LinkedIn. Okay. I can talk about a wide range of things, but I'm really known for one thing. And I think to your yeah. point that that's important in the beginning, get known for one thing. Cause what I have happened, and, and this is something I ask my speakers to track. So any of you who are listening, track your rebooking rate. I think it's something we don't talk about a lot, but it's one thing to be booked. It's another thing yeah. to get that booking and then get rebooked for that same event or with that same company, right? I have a 75% rebooking rate. One of the reasons my rate is so high is because they go, okay, well, you came in and did emotional intelligence for us. What else can you do? And I have a list. I have a list of 18 topics that I consider my core topics that I can talk on any given moment. So. I can keep getting rebooked for conferences over and over and over again. They just book me for different topics, but I got known for that one topic. So I think it is really important to choose your area and be an expert in that area, position yourself that way. Then you could always, when you're fabulous, they'll say, well, what else could you do? And then you can give them the list, right? And show them all the things that you can do and you can continue to get rebooked but you've got to be great at that one thing first. Right. That makes a lot of sense. You have to be, an, your name needs to be a known quantity or a recognizable name, at least in your industry, so that people can trust that you can deliver on stuff, even if it's not the topic that you're originally well known for. But when you're looking to become known, it just makes absolute sense to, to become known for one thing, to specialize in that and get on as many shows that are relevant to that, have a course or a program that's relevant to that, have a book that's relevant to it, a podcast that's relevant, you know, all, all of those things that it's like, well, become known for that. But then when your name is known, it won't matter so much. Yeah. You'll still, people will still want you for that, but they will also want, they'll be happy to hear you talk about other things. You know, I think someone like, you know, Pat Flynn is, uh, is maybe a good example. Like initially, maybe people wanted him to talk about podcasts, but now you, you'll go and listen to Pat Flynn talk about passive income to talk about success in other areas, pub- maybe even public speaking, leadership, you know, all sorts of things that he would now probably talk about that he always could have, but be- he initially became known for that one thing of, I think initially actually more became known for having that podcast around passive income, but it is essential to have that. 
and and to understand that that's how people's minds work we uh, we like to pe- be able to box people pretty neatly into one thing we don't like to work too hard in our thinking so yes we're all more than just one thing but when you think about a person if you go oh yeah Stevie, she talks about emotional intelligence. Johnny talks about influence and persuasion. Great. It's a, it's, it's a great association to have. And then at some point it doesn't become so important. Absolutely. And I, I think you know, to your point, and, and this was never more obvious to me than about three years into my business, when I realized some of my best friends like that, I consider real friends were like, so what do you do again? And I was like, if they don't know what I do, what makes me think anybody else in the world knows what I do? These are supposed to be my friends who pay attention, right? And it was such a realization to me that we can be putting too many different messages out into the world because it was like, okay, if they don't know, then, you know, what does that say? And so I think to your point of just just tailor and focus that message in the beginning, none of us really fit that neatly in a box. but when we're first putting our name out there, we need something easily remembered by the people around us. And if you know that you're a speaker on influence and persuasion, boom, that's it. And if that's your message, people will always think of you in those spaces. And that really does help you gain business. I think it's such an important point. It is. And it's much easier for you as an individual to be conf- more confident about one thing than perhaps anything else as well. And to make that your, your go-to that you, the thing you could always easily talk about at length and, and we're ready to go when you be ready to answer just about anything about that. I, I wonder for you, um, we talked a while back and it is quite a while back now, but we talked about brand awareness and being aware of your brand. Like how, how would you define your own brand and, and why is it important for people to be able to do that? Yeah. Um, you know, I think for me, I, I try and I guess I, I hope, right. I always think branding is what other people think of you. It's never what you think of you. So I hope and believe that people think about me as somebody with a lot of empathy. So a lot of care, a lot of compassion, something that is about energy. I, I, I try and be as lively and upbeat and positive and energetic as I can. I think people need that in their lives. And then really my, my main message over these last several years has been around unstoppable success, right? So how do we get success in our life? Whether that be emotional intelligence and communication, because that leads to success, whether that be skills that leads to success, right? All these different things can lead there, but that's really become my main message. So I would hope my, my brand out there would feel unstoppable success with energy and empathy. I think those would be my keywords. And I think that brand awareness really is making sure that you put that same message consistently out into the world. But it's also about, are you getting that feedback, right, from others to know that your brand awareness is working? Because I think sometimes we can put messages out, but if they don't connect to the audience, they're not really getting what we mean. And I, I do believe that branding is not how you feel about you. It's how others feel about you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's absolutely essential to have that focus on it, but it's maybe a bit more complicated when it comes to having control over that. You're going to have to correct course, correct a lot along the path and <laughs> along the path to achieving it and make sure you get the feedback. And I think maybe that is one of the places where some people do go a bit wrong with this of actually not getting the feedback and just trusting and that what they think they're putting out into the world is, is how they're being seen. Yeah. So it's, it's an, an interesting yeah. way to look at it. I, I seem to remember you mentioning that you had been working on a book. I did. Yes. I'm like, oh my gosh, do I even have it? That's terrible. <laughs> After the event yesterday, things are a little, things are a little chaos in the house. I did. It came out February. Always be the shark. And it's all about that concept of unstoppable success and how do you become a shark in your life? Not in an aggressive way, but in a powerful way. Because I think a lot of times we spend our lives being minnows and goldfish and that really isn't going to get us anywhere. So uh, yeah, came out February 8th and super excited for it. 
fantastic. So what what is a shark then? It's not it's not aggressive, but what makes some what makes us a shark in our own lives? Yeah. So I think for me, it's about owning your ocean. I I love sharks. I have tons of shark stories. But one of the things that I that really impacted me is I went cage diving with great white sharks several years ago, and just this idea of they weren't bothered by anything right? They paid no attention to the humans in the cage. They spent no time on the tuna that was swimming around them. Like they are living their lives with no care or concern for other people, right? Like they're doing their thing. And I think in life, especially as adults, we get stuck in doing what society expects, right? Society gives you this checklist that says, if you want to be happy and successful, you need a good job, that has to have health insurance, you need, right, a good house, you have to have a nice car, you know, you should be married to the right kind of person, you definitely are a family person, like all of these things, right? And I just realized in my life that I checked all the boxes of things that society tells me should make me happy and successful, and I was not happy and successful. I was miserable and lonely, right? So I needed something else in my life. And so it was through this idea of kind of sharks becoming a mantra for me and a a guide for me and saying to myself, I can own my ocean, whether my ocean is my little office or whether my ocean is the world. I deserve to just swim in it and be 100% okay being who I am for that. And, And I really think other people need to buy into that message because I see so many people not going after their dreams, not going after what they want in life because they're worried about other people. And there's an element of being the shark means saying, I own my ocean and you are welcome to join me on the journey, but I'm swimming. So, you know, what, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. Do you, do you feel now that you're a published author, do you, do you feel that having that book gives you an increased level of authority and influence in your in your sector yeah i definitely do i think so i've published before this is actually my third book but i would say that the first two were more for marketing right i wrote a book specifically to try and market myself if that makes sense and it never worked and i think to the point that it never worked is exactly what you and i were talking about just five minutes ago which is i wasn't tailoring my message my books were kind of all over the map topics. So they didn't really go along with my speeches. They didn't really go along with what I was saying to the world. They were just, ooh, but I want to show you I know stuff, right? And so this book being absolutely aligned with my keynote that I do, right? And I think every every presenter, every speaker needs what I call a killer keynote because, you know, sharks. So killer keynote, always be the shark, the book, came out of a killer keynote that I have done for a while, which is called Unstoppable Success. And so for me, I think now having the book, I've already had several clients say, oh, well, when you come to do that presentation, please bring books. Let's have you sell books. Hey, let's put books in everybody's swag bag, right? So it has given me a new level of authority and power. But I think what's important there is because it's connected to what I've put myself out as an expert for, to our point from earlier. So I I think books can help, but I think they need to be tied in to what you want to be known for and what your message is. And this is the first of my books that I truly feel is tied to what I'm doing. Fantastic. Yeah. And and that really ties in as well to what we were saying earlier uh, about that, uh, knowing yourself and having that thing that you're, thing that you're known for. And having your content, whatever you're doing, whether it's speaking, videos or books, connecting with your audience. And that I see a lot of people going so wrong with it because, because they are all over the place. They're trying too many things. They're doing the spaghetti against the wall strategy and hoping that something sticks or people will like something. It's like, well, that, that may be the case, but far better to, to pick your thing. But I would say in addition to that, you know, what, one of the things I learned, and I don't know if you, if you had any, any sort of similar experiences, but I also learned I had to get over one trying to give people what I wanted to give them and rather serving them with what they needed or what they were looking for. Right. And, and that was, it doesn't sound like much of a difference, but it is. But it it's, is. It's a, it, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. finding, finding where people were already, already thirsty, already looking to drink from the well. 
and and serving the needs that were there rather than hey well forget the well i want to give you some coca-cola or something you know is that right. nobody's yeah. interested, right you can lead a horse to water but you cannot force them to drink right there there is an element i think in business where you have to know what's going on in the world around you what are they looking for what what are they needing help with yes you can help them with 50 things and you may know that well I know you say you're struggling with marketing, but what you really need is mindset help. I mean, you may know that and that's great, but they're not looking for mindset help. They're looking for marketing help. So if you can help them with marketing and you do that through helping their mindset, great. But focus on what they are looking for and needing. Otherwise, it's always going to be an uphill battle because before you can sell them, you have to convince them they need it. And that's yeah. never an easy strategy. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think you you can have all the things in the world you want to talk about, but that doesn't mean people will pay you for it. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure some people who are tuning in may be thinking it would be really good to find out more about your unstoppable success. And certainly there'll be a link in the show notes for people to go and find a copy of your book as well. But what would be the, the best way for people to come and find out more information about you? Yeah, you know, I, I I hate to sound like I'm such a trend follower, but I, I would tell you I spend a lot of my time on social media. So if if you can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn, probably the easiest way for us to start a conversation. You could always go to my website as well, but I feel like the most relevant up-to-date information and connection is through those social media channels. And you can find me everywhere as Dr. Stevie Don. Well, there you go. That's a good way to do it. So we, we learned a little bit about your book. I wonder if there are maybe one or two books that you often recommend to people, uh, maybe related to things we've been talking about today, perhaps emotional intelligence, speaking to that book. What, what kind of books have made an impact on you that you would always happily recommend? Yeah, absolutely. So my emotional intelligence kind of go to for people if you want a quick easy read on emotional intelligence is by travis bradbury and it's emotional intelligence 2.0 it's a little older now it was new at a time when i started this which is kind of crazy to think about yeah. how long i've been talking about this now but it's it's an easy read it gives you kind of the basics of emotional intelligence and helps you with the self-awareness piece which is always the first step of emotional intelligence is self-awareness so i think it's a great book definitely something i recommend um, on the business side, there are really two books that I ask all my clients to, to lean into, and that is Atomic Habits uh, by James Clear. I love Atomic Habits. It really changed my life and how I got stuff done and how I became more productive. So I always recommend that to clients. Um, and then Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, all about creativity and how to bring more yeah. creativity into your life as an adult and what creativity looks like. And I think as entrepreneurs, especially, uh, we need to lean into that creative, but we need to understand how to lean into that creative. And Big Magic is a great book for that. So those are two that I, yeah. I ask all my clients to get. Yeah, perfect. I, I've certainly read the first two, and I think I think Emotional Intelligence 2.0 was quite new when I first read it as well. So it's been around a while. But <laughs> <laughs> but big big magic is one that i haven't come across and i know i'll look forward to checking that out and again i'll, I'll put uh, links to all of those in the show notes for anyone who wants to go and check them out i do like to find out from from all of my guests what your greatest strength your superpower is when it comes to influence and persuasion it's a hard one you know i think for me i would say my superpower is really seeing people's greatness, even when they don't. I, I think that is my superpower. And I think the reason that is applicable to influence and persuasion is taking that, being able to see that in somebody and then being able to verbalize it back to them in a way that influences them to believe it. And, and I think that's really the key. So I, I spend a lot of my day looking at people and going, you do not know how great you truly are let me tell you. Right. And yeah. so I think if we use our influence and persuasion to get people to take action towards their best lives, then I feel like we're really doing the good work. Yeah. I mean, that, that's like one of the, I think one of the key principles in how to win friends and influence people is to give people this great, this great name to live up to, this great reputation to, to live up to. 
uh, I think they phrase it in sort of old timey language in the book a bit, but it is that thing of like, like you say, seeing the best potential in people and then even have access to them, give them something to, to move towards that they can see in themselves and, and live up to. That's fantastic. If, if there was just one thing amongst the many that people would take away from this episode, if they only remembered one thing, what do you hope that that would be? I think at the end of the day, I, I hope that they would remember that we are all an expert in something, no matter where you are in your life, no matter, no matter how many years, no matter what industry, we are all an expert in something. And if you position yourself as an expert and you do it with your, with your marketing and advertising, but you also just do it with your heart and your emotions and you say, this is what I want to be an expert in. This is what I want to share with the world. You truly will make an impact if you focus on that one thing. So I think of everything we talked about today, that would be the one thing I would want people to take and remember is you're an expert at something, position yourself as an expert and really lean into it and you'll see the success on the other side. Fantastic. Now, I know for, for our listeners, this isn't, isn't quite the end because you, there's a little gift that you have for our listeners as well, which is going to be a, a checklist. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I thought for for kind of the speaker side and for the emotional intelligence side, I put together a checklist that just has things to think about emotionally before you get on stage, things to think about emotionally as you're on stage, and also just a checklist for speakers, right? Of what are the things you need to remember, right? As you go into a speaking engagement, as you get these opportunities, because I found myself, I needed a checklist to get through it. So I kind of combine those two checklists into one since we were kind of combining both topics today. So I hope people enjoy it. I, I do too. And, and certainly I'll be downloading my copy. And uh, for those of you who want to download yours, that's going to be in the show notes. So another good reason to go and check those out. Steve Dawn Carter, thank you so much for coming and being my guest on Speaking Influence today. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you did, make sure you are subscribed for future episodes. And if you did get some useful takeaways from that, well, feel free to share them with us on social media. But most importantly, perhaps the people you know would get some great takeaways from this episode as well. So please share the episode out with your friends and network. That has the best way you can say thank you for the show and consider it the price of entry, especially if you're planning to come back or check out some more of our episodes. There's only really a month left now before Speaking Influence starts to change its name and branding and a whole host of other things, but we're still going to be bringing you lots of great information and some amazing guests. In fact, some of the guests I've already recorded with and some of the guests I have lined up are just superb and I know you're going to love them, especially if you are at all interested in building influence and persuasion through podcasting as a guest, as a host, or other ways of using podcasting to grow and scale up your business. I'm not going to say too much about that just yet, but we are going to have a bit of a build up to the rebranding and renaming of the show. If you'd like to connect with me, one of the best ways to do that is to come and join the Podfluencers Facebook group and come and connect with other people who are looking to build up their influence and persuasion through podcasting. And if you'd like to download my free ebook or take the quiz on how podcasting can help your business, then visit my website, presentinfluence.com. You'll be able to do all those things for free. And I look forward to connecting with you on another show very soon. But for now, wherever you're going, whatever you're doing, have an amazing rest of your day. Go and make great things happen.